Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another very special episode of Ladies Who League. I'm joined by a very special guest tonight, friend of the podcast, Dennis Carnahan. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Mary. Thank you so much for coming back. Oh, well, you've come to me, so it's even better. Yeah, I'm sitting here in Dennis's home studio. I'm very, very comfortable. Radio Hub, I'm not coming back. Well, don't say that. Elvie would be most upset. Yeah, no, 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 How no. I do love the Radio Hub studio. Big shout out to my friends there. Now, Dennis, I want to hear about what you did on the weekend. Where were you? What NRL did you watch? Well, on the weekend, I was. Um, I went to the uh, Manly Para game on the Thursday, and um, you would have been happy with that one. I was happy. Even though you didn't go to Brookvale. Even though I didn't go to Brookvale. Thank you for shaming and me I on heard my last podcast. Week, I heard last week's podcast, and everyone was slagging Brookvale. I love Brookvale. Oh, do you? It's a dump. Dennis, um, it's a dump. You're allowed to go on the field after the game. Every week. Look, I know how much you love that, being that a Giants fan as thing. well, kick to kick. You're it's a big fan. Thing. I actually think psychologically, if your team has lost and you can go out on the field and kick the ball, it dissipates so much more quickly. The physical release of running around, kicking the ball, scoring a try yourself, it actually it really helps you get over the loss. Plus, seeing, seeing the opposition fans, you see them happy, you kind of see, okay, so there is a flip side to this. And you don't actually really hate them. Mm. And when you see them, you know, little kids running around in their opposition jerseys, it, it dissipates it and it makes it feel, you know, it, it grounds the loss. I'm going so to talk to the it. Eels about this. Perhaps every time the Eels have a big loss, we should be allowed on the field at Pertex Stadium. Well, <laughs> is it, is it quite... <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> uh, I'm just sort of thinking how mean should I be? <laughs> so, so if they, for instance, lose some points, let's just open... Let's just open it for the rest of the everyone, year. Let everyone come in and just hang out. Um, and I was, I was then going to say, but they haven't actually had that many losses this year. So, you know, you wouldn't have had much of a kick. No, not this year. Um, gee, they're doing well. They really are. I'm spoken about this multiple times on my own show. I've been so pleased with the way that the new players have settled into the team and we've seen our, seen our season campaign has also really improved. They're playing as a real unit and I think the real difference is, is that they're playing for 80 minutes. So in the past, you know, Parramatta would stop showing up at the 70th minute and would lose games in those last 10 minutes. It's just not happening this year. And then the Panthers have scored. Oh, no, yeah, that. no, that was this oh, year. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's right. Um, yeah, look, I think I think Foz has, has made a big difference. He certainly but has. But I don't think he's made the difference on his own. Like the line speed I saw it when they <laughs> smashed the Raiders, mm-hmm. they looked fantastic. They looked like a really well-drilled, fast, efficient, playing for each other kind of cliche. Um, yeah. They're going to need to keep playing for each other as well in the coming weeks, mm. I think. Yeah. That'll be very important. Yes, it will. Tough times. So, back to where you back were on the weekend. So, and then this, the next game I went to was uh, on Sunday afternoon at Leichhardt Oval. Mm-hmm. They renamed the hill there, Wayne Pierce Hill. And as you know, having seen the show, one of the main sections of the show is the heroes section. Mm-hmm. And we established in Rugby League the musical that, that what makes a hero in Rugby League is head tape. You cannot be a hero without head tape. And hence, there's a song, Head Tape Hero. That's why Michael Gordon... Is a hero, everyone, because he wears head tape. Blake Austin. Blake Austin. There are a lot of old school, Paul Osborne, Ozzy Osborne. 
Don't now, I, know he's, I know he's not a hero to the to the eels so much, but he is a hero to Raiders fans. He you know invented the offload in 1994. Um, Blake Austin isn't scared to wear head tape. No, he isn't. I've, I've already posted pictures of Sammy Williams wearing head tape. I'm uh, sold. I think you're trying to convince me to become a Raiders fan. <laughs> well, it happened in 2002. I think it was 2002 when um, the Eels let go a whole lot of players and um, the Raiders picked them up, mm-hmm. six six of them. And I said to my friends who are Eels fans, what do you get when you mix blue and yellow? You get green. Come that's aboard. Tri- that's right. It's Come true. Come aboard. Um, but anyway, I was at Leichhardt Oval because they were naming the Hill Wayne Pierce Hill. And so I had the... It was performance art. It was the most surreal experience that I was there, dressed in my Wayne Pierce outfit with the giant shoulder pads, with head pad, headband, with uh, the tiniest of shorts, and my knees taped up, um, singing the head taped hero about Wayne Junior Pierce as Junior Pierce in the third person, while sitting five meters away, maybe ten meters away. There was Wayne Junior Pierce singing along going, Wayne, at the top of his lungs in this sing-along part, singing about himself in the third person. <laughs> and I went and shook hands with Wayne and I thought, wow, this is, this is the most surreal piece of art that Wayne Jr. Pierce is singing about Wayne Jr. Pierce in the third person, shaking hands with Wayne Jr. Pierce who's been singing about himself. Like, it was just Spectacular. <laughs> That's art fantastic. in its finest and, form. And I don't think it was lost on the man. I think the man was really enjoying the absurd art. That was there, and I'm sure that the crowd loved it too. Well, the mayor did. I think. I think the crowd did. There was when I um I've, I've listened back to the tape, mm-hmm. and when I do the movement with the hand to get the crowd to go, Wayne, they were involved. So but it was a triumph. <laughs> a triumph for art, a triumph for rugby league, and a triumph for you. And art and rugby league need to go together more. I agree. That's what I believe. I agree. I love that. Um. So Dennis, coming up. It's a big time period for Rugby League, the musical. Now, for my listeners who didn't hear you on our second episode, what on earth is Rugby League, the musical? Well, I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's a far better thing for people who've seen it to judge it and tell what it is because I can't tell from inside what it is. It's, I've been writing songs about footy for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, started off with an earnest song about, the, um, about being a fan, the, the, the ballad of being a Rugby League fan. And that was 10 years ago. I wrote it for the footy show. It's called You Were There. Have you heard that? You... It, it'll, it'll make you cry. You listen to it now and you'll, if the Eels lose two points, that lose points, put this on and it'll make you cry, but it'll get you to come back. It's very emotive. Well, do you know what? <laughs> I will certainly cry, but I just want to <laughs> let all Eels fans know that I will be back regardless, and I hope you'll all be back with me too. Maybe we should all get together and play that song. Yeah, well, I, I played it. So it was in 2006, and I, I, um, I played it for the semifinals for the NRL, but I also went to Canberra and played it, and it was Matty um, Elliott's last game. It was also Jason Croker's last home game. It was... Uh, Ian Hindmarsh's last game, Shafkovsky's last game. The first rugby uh, league player I ever had a crush on, Clinton Shafkovsky. Oh, he was. Yeah. He was. He was one of the reasons well, I fell in love first, with rugby league. But, uh, you know, I had a, <laughs> he was my first. Yeah. I still only saw him drop one bomb and that cost us the game against the Roosters. <laughs> but no, I love, I love Shif. Um, I love his little story about himself that when he was in fifth grade, 
uh, third grade, there was a they're having a test, and the teacher said, um, "Now you have to, as a joke, you have to write your name. If you spell it wrong, you're going to fail." And he started crying. I would too. <laughs> Look, I know his pain with a there last name go. like Constantopoulos. Yeah, I know exactly that, that pain. You can, you can tell, like that. That's um, phonetic. Yes, whereas it is. Tchaikovsky is not. No, it is and not. I, I don't even know how to say it, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's taken him a long time to learn as well. <laughs> <laughs> Do love his commentary though. No, have you heard him commentate? I you? have heard him commentate. Maybe it's a thing about Raiders players because Alan Tung oh. is also a tremendous commentator and a tremendous human being. Mary Kay slips the tongue in, not me. Just <laughs> <laughs> someone had to say it. Left no, myself open there, I ladies love, and gentlemen. I love Tungy. I, and I, that was, I think yeah, my, there you go. My all time <laughs> favourite banner was a Raiders Roosters game. Oh, it would have been 2008. Willie Mason was playing for the Roosters. Roosters were high-flying. Raiders weren't. And um, they came down and we belted the Roosters, mm. which is always a wonderful thing. Um, there was a guy in the crowd with a, a big banner that said, our tongue is harder than your Willie. And, and it, um, it was just, it was so true. There have been some great rugby league signs over the years, haven't there? That's fantastic. Yeah, that was my all-time favourite, that one. And the fact that the Raiders won as well. And no, I, I love, I love Ellen. He is, he makes the world a better place by being in it. And there's not many people that actually do that. No, there isn't a good ambassador for the game, both on and off the field, big yeah. champion. Doesn't get as much press as some um, people making geese of themselves. No, but, certainly not. Yeah. But isn't that always the case? Absolutely. Particularly with this game. Absolutely. So we've gotten, uh, so We've gotten off the point. I, I don't know how to describe what rugby league musical is, except I've been writing songs about footy for years. Mm-hmm. It's ended up being um, my way of dealing with Raiders' losses is is trying to respectfully slap the other teams. So they don't <laughs> let you on, on the field very often down there? <laughs> no. And, well, I, I played at the Raiders' presentation night in 2013 and um, was going to do a funny song and name all the players in there and make a funny anecdote about them. Then I get a phone call, oh, yeah, maybe don't mention the whole Dugan thing. Oh, next week, yeah, don't mention uh, Ferguson. Next week, oh, yeah, Shandor has been caught up in Asada. So, following week, oh, yeah, we've just had, uh, don't mention Dave Ferner. Can we? It's like, Far out. Didn't have a song, did you? All, all, all the, um, the highlights were taken out, but gee, that was a tough year. Whew. How are, yeah. So, rugby league, the musical, then maybe I can describe it. So, Dennis, you always accuse me of introducing you to people like you're famous when you're not. <laughs> Dennis is yes. famous, so all of you will know the song that's in Queensland. Dennis wrote that song. And what I say when I tell people about Rugby League the Musical is I hand them the flyer, they look at it and say, Rugby League the Musical, what, Rugby League the Musical? And I look them in the face and say, no, it's actually funny. You <laughs> must come to Rugby League the Musical. Well, I think the worst marketing thing about it is it's not actually a musical. It is musical, but it's not like there's not people wearing lederhosen and, and no. singing farewell adieu to you and you. And, although, not at all. Although a couple of refs do appear in one of the film clips <laughs> in, in that pose. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's me singing songs and describing... Look, I say in the opening song, Rugby League, it's, it is a pantomime mm-hmm. and it has it has bigger villains than any other musical and any pantomime. I've heard this song a number of times. Thank you so much, Dennis. <laughs> I'm going to be singing it all the way home now. <laughs> and it has it has treachery mm-hmm. and it has two or three heroes. Mm-hmm. So it has all the elements that, that a musical needs. It but, certainly does. So I just put the music to it. 
And to be honest, if you're a rugby league fan and you like the issues and you like the players, you like the off-field incidents, the on-field incidents, then Rugby League the Musical is certainly for you because, Dennis, if it's happened in Rugby League, you've written a song about it. Yeah, well, I haven't. There's a number of things which, I, um, which I'd like to write about, but there's, they need to be big enough that I can stretch them over a song. Like the, the whole Josh Reynolds, and I'm going to say it, stroking... <laughs> Go on. Stroking Aiden Caesar's perineum. <laughs> that was very, very delicately put. I'm very impressed. Well, Family was, friendly on this show. I was thinking of having perineum. Here we go. Like, I just love seeing perineum and Aiden Caesar to Mamma Mia. I'm trying to work out how to make that go. Well, maybe it could be a song about Josh Reynolds because he did throw oh, the ball in the face of um, Michael Leisha last week. And and then apologised and he's got the Smiling Minds app to keep him calm, but it's clearly he needs to get it. That's a shout out to our friends at Fire Up on FBI. <laughs> but with Josh Reynolds and there was that adorable um, Instagram picture of him and Michael Leisha. Oh, you don't have Instagram, do no, you? No, I don't. So it's this very cute picture of the it. two it was, of them yeah. in bed. Making up, <laughs> cuddling after um, after that incident on the field. I think Josh Reynolds has a song in him. Definitely. The fact that he's just called the grub and the fact that you see as Aiden Caesar has his perineum stroked, you can actually see Aiden Caesar jump at the as a reflex of being touched in a reasonably sensitive spot and you can actually see the cogs turn and go, what the... Oh, uh, bloody Josh Reynolds. It's just Josh Reynolds. And it's just, cool. Just ignore it. It'll go away. <laughs> That's can, fantastic. And he did point out they'd played together for four years. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't like it was, um, you know, out of Weird the Weird or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was clearly <laughs> really weird. And the fact that Fox Sports, because it was at a scrum feed, had three different angles on <laughs> <laughs> Made it even it's better. It's a song, Dennis. That's yeah, a song. It, it definitely is. I need to work on it. I, I was actually going to produce it two weeks ago, but I got a bout of man flu. Of course, was, you did. Knocked you out for I a month. Was unable to. Um, it wasn't so much that knocked me out. I was like, just I actually couldn't get the um, the notes. Mm. I couldn't. Um, you know, Abba sings in a reasonably high register. Yes, I couldn't they quite do. get it with the man flu. So rugby um, league, the musical, has a big week coming up. Sydney Comedy Festival next week, which. But- which I did the comedy festival last year, and I it was, was there. It was a bit of an experiment because uh, you know putting all these songs. So I do a song most weeks for ABC Grandstand, mm-hmm. and um, I've been doing that for several years now. And I you know did songs for the Game Plan on Channel Ten in two thousand and thirteen, and I was doing songs for the Maddie Johns Show in two thousand and ten. Did a few for the Footy Show through seven eight and six seven eight and nine, um, and I did them for Fox Sports in two thousand and nine. I just did them – I just started doing them for nothing because it was just fun mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed them and it was a nice outlet. Sounds like my blog. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's born out of love. I had all this I had all this gear and so I thought, one, I'm not – as in musical equipment, I should say, because <laughs> that sounds a bit wrong and there's been problems with that. Um, well, that was last year, thankfully, uh, in rugby league. Um, so I had all this musical equipment. I thought, why not? It's fun. And the, the first kind of – um, slap I did, a friend of mine, I'd, I'd been to watch the Dragons play the Raiders in Canberra. This is when the hoodoo was at its strength and the Dragons were on top of the ladder. It was 2009. Mm-hmm. They were the premiers the following year and the Raiders were languishing and um, they came to Canberra and it was the most amazing game of rugby league. It was fantastic. There was so much drama, so much heat. Campo got angry and I've never seen that before and there was fire. It was a really, really good game and the Raiders won. And on Facebook, some 
I, I just put the word Raiders, but I spelt it with a thousand A's, a thousand I's, a thousand E's, a thousand R's. So it was big and long, all in caps and lots of exclamation marks. And a friend of mine wrote, yeah, but you might have won this one, but you're still on the bottom ladder and we're still on the top. And so just for fun, I wrote, Puff the St. George Dragon lives at Jubilee, hasn't won a premiership since the 1970s. And a friend was quite outraged at that. And so I, um, my, my lawyer, who was Brett Oaten, who was on fire up, mm-hmm. said, you should record that. And so I, I've had long discussions with Brett about the legalities of parody in this country and, and how it works. And, um... I said I, I should check with my lawyer if the um, if it's okay with copyright. And Brett wrote, your lawyer would say it's fine, record it for fire up. So I wrote the song, used the word choke, and fire up played it, and then Fox Sports played it, and it caused utter outrage. And um, they had hundreds of, of emails and phone calls of complaint, which they were delighted by that because it's not – and there's people writing and saying, how dare you, you're the broadcast, you're meant to be neutral, and here you are slagging the premier, you know, the, one of the premium brands in the league and, you know, was looking at taking legal action, how they could sue Fox Sports mm-hmm. <laughs> for playing this song. And they got double that amount of people saying, play it again, play, play it, it again. again. And there's these stories of, um, I heard of a, a, someone called the radio and she was... The, the wife was a Bulldogs fan, the husband was a Dragons fan, husband was a builder and had several different phones and the wife did the books and also looked after the phones. So the husband didn't know how to actually get into the phones. So she got it and made it the ring. Made phone. it the song. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and, I love it. And he didn't know what to do and he didn't know how to change it. And so then she just started calling him. That's great. Um, so this happened. It got played on 2UE. It got... Uh, Jim Wilson came in with it and ambushed John Stanley and played it to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know, but John Stanley is a massive Dragons fan. He's like a, um, you know what they say with vegans that, um, how do you know if someone's a vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Yes. Well, that's John Stanley <laughs> with the Dragons. That's amazing. He'll, he'll just tell you. He'll come out. And it was funny when they had their second win in a row this year. I got a phone. Call, I got a message from him. Dragons Raiders May twelfth. We're going. Nice. And um, I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's gone all quiet. But anyway, it got played on TUE and that went, um, yeah, they played it several times and they kept playing it to him. Mm-hmm. And he got cranky and he wrote a column about how cruel I was and how this person sitting in this studio really should be seeking counselling for his cruel streak. You know, he he has it on good authority. He pulled the wings off flies as a child and... and <laughs> really needs, rather than torturing Dragons fans, should really be um, getting counselling and trying to sort out his own personal issues. <laughs> so I called John and said, do I get to write a reply? And he said, no, you don't, but come and have a coffee. So I ended up working with John writing political satire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this year in 2010, I was writing political satire every week for TUE and a song about rugby league for the Maddie Johns show. And it was just a dream. I was thinking, how good is this? This is the best thing in the world. And um, so that's where a lot of the body of it came from. But then, you know, finance, money, things didn't uh, – the, the Maddie Johns show – well, Maddie Johns went to Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. The show changed. And um, when I did That's in Queensland, I kind of didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Do I give it to someone? Do I 
the idea came to me, I don't know from where, and um, I ended up doing it at Fire Ups uh, State of Origin broadcast. Mm-hmm. They have, not broadcast, they have a State of Origin party each year at the um, the FBI social in King's Cross. Nice. And I'd played the year before when Ricky Stewart was, <laughs> was the coach and it had come out and said, uh, if we beat Queensland one time in this series, we'll be doing well. That's such a good team. So I did one out of three is bad to the tune of two out of three is bad. So I had the That's in Queensland idea. Didn't know quite how to execute it. And I um, recorded it. Wasn't quite working. Called a friend of mine who's a genuine music theatre writer. And he recorded the backing vocals. And um, it just suddenly came to life. And I thought it doesn't explain itself. Where is Sydney? What does that mean? You need to actually see that Sam Thide. You need to see a picture of Sam Thide. So I made that really primitive film clip. And... um, Gave it to fire up and I couldn't actually be there. So I gave it to them as a video to play. And when they played it, it was just at the end of half time. And um, <laughs> just uproar. And everyone's going, bugger origin, play that again. Nice. And, and then they played it again at the end. Um, it was on YouTube. I was literally in the air. I was flying back from Mexico. I was with a working with a band over there, Aston. And got back and this just had 150 messages on my phone about this song. So I went on YouTube, took the clip down, put another one on with a little ad that said Rugby League Musical, celebrating the, um, you know, heroes and villains or whatever. I can't remember what I even said. And then put it back up. And that was the Thursday lunchtime. By Friday it had 50,000 hits. And by the Saturday it was 150. And then the following week it got to sort of 400,000. <laughs> and you're telling like, me you're not <laughs> famous. That's amazing. Well, people, there was someone, there was two people at the ground on Saturday who I didn't know who recognised me. And that's that's rare. That's that's a... Um, you get used to that. I've started getting recognised <laughs> on the street now. Well, there you go. There you, you go. Know, do people ask you for tips? They do, they do. It's because you wear the crown all the time, Mary. It's You've got to start taking the crown off. Got to start taking my super coach crown off. So Rugby League the Musical from the 27th to the 30th at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville. Mm-hmm. What can fans expect from this edition? Well, this edition, you know, you saw the season launch. There was uh, obviously a tribute to Mitchell Pearce. And that, there that had, was. And that had to be done. Certainly um, did. There's well, I think you can expect a film clip for the Greg Inglis song. One is the lowest whole number, and I was picked up by um, I was picked up on that point that one isn't actually the lowest whole number. Zero, zero is, is. The whole but number. you know it's so art. I've made it in the film clip. I've made it very clear. One is the lowest in brackets non-zero whole number. Um, I like it, um, but I don't sing that because it's a bit complicated to sing. Um, so yeah, that's coming in there. Um, what else have we got? This new. Archie's Bunker, but I've I've had to rewrite Archie's Bunker because when the first two weeks Archie's Bunker was a triumph. Yes, but not anymore. Not anymore. And apparently, did, I mean, I did you see the Andrew Webster article? Tell me about it. I probably did. Oh, hi, Andrew. I love Andrew. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. I'll just give a little shout out to that to Andrew Webster <laughs> then, and hi, he Andrew. can listen to Ladies Who League. I'm reading Gaz at the moment, which he goes. Oh. Yeah. I love that book. So Gaz personally signed mine and it says shimmy, shimmy, wash. <laughs> Which is better than having it say fire up. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. was actually, a bit too shy to ask him to say fire up. It actually took him a moment because um, Maddie Johns <laughs> for ages has been calling um, Gaz Pat Benatar. 
And I, and I was sort of, oh, there'll be some in-joke. It just hit me all fired up. It's, yes, it's a Pat, Pat Benatar. So it took me a while, Matty. Um, but uh, Andrew, how do we, Andrew wrote an article. He spent Thursday night at the Manly Para game. He spent it in the bunker. <gasps> I want to go into the bunker. I would really like to. He, he was sitting in there and he wrote a review of what he saw and he said in the bunker, every single one of those decisions was 100% clear, 100% correct. And you look at it and, and the the alleged offside, the alleged um, uh, which which caused no try the, in front of the kicker, he said by the letter of the law and they sat there and went, this is the rule, this is the rule we have to look at in this instance and looking at that, yes, both there is one foot slightly in front of the ball and it's where the ball hits the foot. It's not where the bodies are, it's where the ball hits the foot in the kick. If one foot is in front of that, then it's offside. Okay. Both feet have to be behind. So you can actually be leaning over and your body can be way in front of the body of the kicker, but if your feet are both behind the point of contact with the ball, it's onside. So then is the furor coming from people that don't understand the rules? Is that part That's of the problem? That's pretty much what he said because he then came out, he, he was in the bunker, and then there was the, the interference with the, where Semi made the run. Yes. And, there was the, and that was a technical offside because the player did, he was in front of him. Yes. And he got him, he... It didn't necessarily impede, but it's like in football. If someone is in front of the last defender, it's just offside. It doesn't mm. matter if he's near the play or not. You, you cannot be in that position. Mm-hmm. So there's a play in a position he wasn't allowed to be in. They couldn't make it a try. And Andrew's article was saying that when, you, when you're in there, it was also cut and dried 100% correct. And he then got out, turned his phone on and saw Twitter Explosion. was going nuts. and was like, what game were these people watching? Also, they have... 10,000 yes. high-definition cameras and high-definition TVs, which they can look at it on, which you don't get at the ground, and even Channel 9 don't get it. And in, after week two, Channel 9 stopped getting the feed. Yes, that's right, so because what, what we're seeing at home isn't what necessarily yeah. the bunker is is viewing to make the decisions, yeah. which is problematic, I think. Oh, I think it is, because they're, they're, they're asking you, they're saying, trust us, we're getting it right. And... There needs to be a little bit more transparency than mm. that. Um, the idea of Arch coming out each Tuesday and saying, okay, here's the reviews, here's the one that's controversial, here's why it was, fantastic idea. I agree. Um, how many people actually watch that and listen is a different thing because what happens is Gus Gould will go, this is a disgrace. Gus Gould will have a Gus Gould moment. Yes. And um, people will forget when Arch comes out and goes, yeah, actually, no, Gus, you're quite wrong there because the rule when you were playing in 1973 – the rules are a bit different to how they are now. And but didn't Gould invent rugby league? Gould invented rugby league in so 1908. He, and he so knows all he, the rules, right? It is, it is his game, yeah. And so all these usurpers come in and change the rules on poor Gus. Um, but, yeah, Gus, Gus went off about it and, you know, it wasn't his game. He's, this, this, this isn't my game anymore. <laughs> well, he didn't quite say that. He said our game. Our game. What have they done to our game? Um, but, yeah, the bunker... So I'm having to rewrite Archie's bunker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not quite sure what way to take that, not what, what direction to take it in. I'm sure a stroke of genius will come to you. I hope it does. And there's plenty of film clip. I have got the opening of the film clip. I have stolen a little bit of Maxwell Smart. Oh, movie. fantastic. <laughs> I put Todd Greenberg's head on Maxwell as he comes down. Fantastic. Because there's a video online of the bunker where they put the thing up and the bunker doors open and it, it actually like it fits seamlessly. Even the little keypad which they put numbers into and then put their card on is actually the same as the keypad in the Maxwell Smart movie. That's really cool. So, so it's, it's a match it's made in thing. heaven. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Now, I'll be at Rugby League, the musical, on the Saturday. So that's the mm-hmm. 30th. 
What other guest stars and superstars can we expect to be gracing the red carpet? Well, I, I never, I'm never certain. Yes. I'm never certain. There may be some surprises then. There may be some surprises. And I was very, you know, last year, at last year's show, Toddy Greenberg turned up. Mm-hmm. Um, he was only the football manager then, now he's the CEO. Um, so, you know, maybe it's beneath him. <laughs> I don't know. I think actually Toddy's away. Um, uh, Johnny Grant, the sheriff. Um, and his lovely wife. And his lovely wife. Who will be appearing on my show on the 30th. Well, they've, um, I met Johnny Grant under Belmore Oval and under the stands and I handed him a fly and said, oh, hi, Mr. Grant, my name's Dennis Carnahan. I wonder if you'd like to have a look at this. And he had a slightly disdainful look at my rugby league the musical flyer and handed it back and said, I don't need that, thank you. We're coming! And he, he'd actually bought tickets. That's amazing. Had actually, called, had actually rung me up and said, your website's not working, I can't get tickets. So. His wife is a tremendous individual. So as I said, she'll be on my show in two weeks. So she's a men of league That's right. Or CEO? Or that is chairperson. That's Fantastic. exactly right. First female chairperson at men of league and is very, very passionate when about the work. That? that that organisation does. It's been a little while. I, I don't have the exact date, okay, but it's I've been a little her, while. I've heard her speak. I didn't realise that was yeah, the sheriff's wife. That's exactly right. Helen Wood Grant. She's a, a great contributor to Rugby League. Wow. I'll go Helen. And will also be a great contributor to Rugby League the musical, well, it sounds so. like. Yes. Um, and I know, uh, you know Warren Smith. Mm-hmm. The, um, was. Was is coming along. I'm hopeful that Vossi might come along because I mean, Vossi's done some voiceovers. Yes. Um, he's seen the show at corporate functions. He hasn't actually seen the full thing, though, and, and his voice does appear quite a lot um, in various of the clips as a – sometimes he's done, he's done some voiceovers and intros, but he also uh, – just because his commentary is so colourful. Um, the same as was. I mean, I, I keep – you know – I'm really proud of my song, One is the Lowest Whole Number. I'm so happy with the way I sang it. I'm so happy with the sound of it and how authentic it is to the Three Dog Night version of the song. But it's still what makes me laugh the most is the tone of Woz's voice. And Inglis has done a field goal! The, the utter disdain in his voice, the utter shock. It's, um, it's perfect. So Woz will be coming along. And I know last year... Tooves turned up, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a great song about Tooves. Oh yeah, yeah, and there's a couple of great songs about Tooves actually. There is, and the Badgers turned up, and uh, Joey Atkins turned up last year. That's Grant Atkins, referee Grant mm-hmm. Atkins, who's known as Joey, and I think that name needs to be promoted. Um, yeah, so who knows? And the crew from ABC Grandstand always oh, show up in force to support you. Yep, come and argue with them. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you get out to Rugby League the Musical. Guarantee you'll enjoy it or your money back. That's on me. Sorry, Dennis. Everyone should get out because it is a lot of fun and, you know, it goes for about an hour. Is that right? This will be an hour. This will be a short, sharp one hour, 7.45 to 8.45. What better way to celebrate a weekend of Rugby League than by coming out to Rugby League the Musical? I can't think of one. Now, I've got one more question for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Your favourite hero and your favourite villain in rugby league. My you get one. My favourite hero and favourite villain. Yes. Oh wow! Villain. There's only one. It's Cam. Okay. Cam is the greatest villain, and he is the most pure villain. I actually want. I'm trying to work out. And by Cam, we mean Cam Smith. Cam Smith. Yes. Yep. Just so everybody knows. And he, you know, he appears in the show, and I've superimposed a curly moustache and a hand <laughs> twirling the moustache. It's great. And when you see it, it looks so natural. It is him. He is the pantomime villain. He's... I'm going to call him a fake nice guy. Really? Yes. Oh. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Gee. 
I think that he, harsh, if huh? he was if he was on if he was a Raiders player. Oh, if he was an eel, I'd love him. He would be the greatest hero he's ever been. So then Cam Smith becomes the greatest hero and the greatest villain at the same time. And tell me another musical that has people that switch from the hero to the villain so quickly and and, and can be the same. You can see why people in Melbourne and people in Queensland absolutely love Cam. Mm -hmm. Um, this, This is the sort of guy that will... When he knows that there's a camera crew following the team around, they're having their, their beach, you know, warm down and they're going for a swim and he'll hide in the bushes and come out and go, yeah. I saw the, that. That was very uh, funny. He does it over and over again. He, if he, I'm sure if, the, if there was a huntsman spider on the wall, he'd be grabbing the spider and just holding it and saying, I wonder who's here. What if this cameraman scared of spiders? There you go. <laughs> That's funny. And I, I was telling you before, when I saw the coin, I was there for the coin toss dressed as Wayne Jr. Pierce. Um, before the game on Sunday, and the coin rolled down, rolled down the race towards the field, and it went you know, twenty meters away. And Cam, the look on Cam's face, the delight at this—it just, it just reeked. It said, "Pantomime villain." That's there you Cam. go, ladies and gentlemen. Greatest hero. Yes. Chrissy O'Sullivan. And you don't know who Chris O'Sullivan is. Chris I do. Sullivan. He's a raider. Yeah, Chris O'Sullivan because Chris O'Sullivan played. In my elder brother's union team, yes, when I was growing up, and uh, so I did know who he was. I surprised you there, didn't I? Because you saw the eighty-nine grand final. That's correct. While only eating grain food, and he, he was the one that kicked the winning field goal. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, for him, for him to hold Laurie Daly out of five-eight, it's pretty pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. How he didn't get more representatives, like he played. I think he played country once, country origin mm-hmm. once. Um. I suspect if he played in Sydney, he might have got a bit more. But, yeah, definitely Chrissy. Love there Chrissy. you go. The greatest rugby league hero and your greatest rugby league villain. Now, Dennis, we discussed this previously. Am I allowed to give away two tickets to Rugby League the musical? Well, if you can if you can just get the names of the people here, give it to because I'd love to know who's <laughs> – if you can find someone that wants them, yes. No, definitely. I think we're going to run a competition on Ladies Who League for the remainder of the week. Fantastic. And I've decided that – Six days away. Well, that's at, at time of recording. By time of broadcast, time, it might well, be three or four. So it's to, it will be up tomorrow, so five days. How about you get uh, – well, I, I can't volunteer this. I'll say you can have four tickets – and go with Michael Crocker. I don't know. <laughs> but that, of course, presupposes that, uh, that, that Mick's going to come along. Come on, Mick. Come I'll, on, Mick. I'll chat to Mick on Saturday. Yeah, no guarantees that Mick Crocker will be there, ladies and gentlemen. Mick has, Mick has actually previously said he had a man crush on me. Really? I was, I was a bit scared about that. Mick Crocker <laughs> is one of my favourite humans and one of my favourite rugby league players. Shout out to my Ladies Who League podcast. He'll be there on Saturday morning. He's also a villain. He's also the no. one that, that took out Snake. He's in, not uh, a villain. No, 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 no. And he's the one in that same game that Clinton Schafowski dropped the bomb with minutes to go, with moments to go in the game. There was a scrum. And it was actually Michael Crocker who was bludging out in the wing inexplicably who ran across the try line. Despite Simon Wolford's best attempt, there was one frame in the video replay. He got the ball down. Mick Crocker, he broke my heart. By Anyway. Not a, not a villain. So <laughs> to win the tickets to Rugby League the Musical, I want you to send me a tweet, write to me on Instagram or write to me on Facebook, and in 25 words or less, let me know who the biggest villain in rugby league is and why. 
That's it's Cam. <laughs> well, no, look. Okay, the most creative answer will win two tickets to Rugby League the musical. I think that's a Cam pretty good Smith. competition. Just have a look at him. There's the answer. Look, that is a really good answer, and people will know my biases. So if anyone decides that they'd like to put a Parramatta player as a villain, I'm not having it. You won't be winning. So to win Could two there tickets, be one? certainly not. Certainly not. Piggy Riddell back in the day, was he villainous? No, mm. not Piggy. No, no, no. So two tickets, greatest rugby league villain. Fantastic. Excellent. Yep. Well, Dennis, I cannot wait to come to Rugby League the Musical next Saturday night. I think it's the sixth time that I've seen the show <laughs> and it just gets better every single time. Well, there's more. each time there's more material, there's more to work with and I have to, you know... It's the game that keeps on giving, I call Rugby giving. League. Absolutely. Well, excellent. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for, for coming on and having a chat and telling me all about Rugby League the Musical. And I'm sorry I spoke so much. I think this is a long recording. Nope, that is absolutely okay. It's been a delight. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who League and I'm hoping that Dennis will sing us a song to finish us off. Um, <clears throat> I might not do it live. I'll give you something that's pre-recorded. Perfect. We've got a pre-recorded <laughs> song to finish it off. See you on Saturday morning, everyone. Bye. Somebody make me some doggy to love now.